Welcome to Life Hurts, God Heals. I'm your host, Kurt Flagel. And on this show, we are continuing to talk about the Enneagram and the way home. The way home being our true selves, our true identity. We're focusing on the spiritual practices that help us experience the truth of who we are and walk in that true identity. Just so you're aware, a lot of the information we will be discussing today comes from Christopher Hurt's book on the Enneagram called The Sacred Enneagram. This is part two, and in part two, we are highlighting the heart triad, which is made up of the Enneagram numbers two, three, and four. And once again, I have my friend and special guest, Kim Ward, helping me in this discussion. Let's get into it. All right, well, let's move into the two, three, and the four. We'll move through each piece with the two, and if necessary, we'll bring the three and the four into the discussion as far as the way home part, because what we've seen is the way home is very similar for each of the numbers in each triad, in a particular triad is what I'm saying. So as the three and the four are relevant, we'll bring them into the discussion, and then we'll backtrack through the three and the four from the beginning to pick up anything we haven't touched on yet with those two numbers. What do you think? All right. So for twos, threes, and fours, solitude is their crucial. That's the way home. Way home. Solitude. Okay. Solitude. So for twos. And they're in the triad that's heart. the, the heart triad. So the three of them make that triad where they're the feelings, emotions, heart. Yes. For twos, so humility is the virtue for a two. And the holy idea is holy will and freedom. Uh, So the center of who they are is humility. Yes. And that brings a sense of freedom because if you know that you don't have to carry the weight, that God is taking care of you. It's what Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's that picture of a child again. Jesus said, do you want to see what the greatest kingdom look like? Bring Here's the child. Put the child in the center of them. This is the greatest among you. Because that child has that poverty of spirit, the humility to know what they that they are needy, yeah. and they need that they can't take care of themselves, and they need to receive. And out of that comes freedom. It's back to the story I told in the last show when we were talking about the twos. Man, we referenced the twos a lot last time. Is that story where I, I said I saw this man walking down the street with his daughter holding her hand, and he was just walking, looking straight ahead, probably wrapped up in his own problems, not really enjoying this moment that he had with his daughter. No real expression in his body language. Holding his daughter's hand, and she is singing and skipping, right, the whole time. This is the image that God has for us, we can hold his hand. We have the freedom. When we when we trust in God, when we have poverty of spirit, we know that we don't have it together, but God does, and we trust him and we put our hand in his, there's freedom. To hold your dad's hand, skipping and singing down the street, right? Yeah. And so that's the, the holy idea, is this, this, this idea of living out of freedom and it, that comes from humility. Yeah. And their basic desire is to feel love. Yeah. And that's that place of, of a child just receiving the love of their parents, expecting it. Yeah. 
that they are needy for it and expecting it and receiving it, and that frees them. But there's a fear that gets in the way of that. Which is being unloved or unlovable. And that comes from a wound. Yeah. And they are in the rejection types. Mm -hmm. Uh, they felt rejected because the nurturing love they offered their protective caregiver wasn't reciprocated, so they over-identify with nurturing energy. Yeah. And I want to point out something in this, that this is part of the finiteness of our parents and being parents, or whoever raised you, whoever was your caregiver. Here's the thing. We all need a nurturing and a protective caregiver. That's just the way it goes. Whoever that is for you, they're not perfect, right? None of us are. So, for instance, the protective caregiver isn't the nurturer. That's just the way it goes. That's the truth. The truth of the protective caregiver is that that's that's just kind of an innate sense of most protector care the protector caregiver. They're not necessarily naturally the nurturing one. They're the protecting one. And so this you can see you can see why here the two struggles with that, that they actually want they're they're the one giving nurturing love towards the, the protective caregiver, hoping to receive that and they're not getting it in the way they want. Yeah. And there's a lot of there's could be perception in that, right? Because the protective caregiver loves by protecting, not necessarily by nurturing yeah. as much. And so then they they over-identify with nurturing energy. They long for it more. Yeah. And that leads... To their fixation, which is... Flattery, <laughs> to get what they need. To flattery to get what they need, yeah. That's why the two is the helper. Yep. Part of the unhealth of the helper, when they're in the unhealthy spot, is to help, help, help without taking care of their own needs, hoping to get that love back through encouragement and flattery, that they're great, and you know that that's how they'll receive the love, which is why the passion... Is pride. Yes, because the, in parentheses he has self-abnegation. They, yeah. they actually don't take care of themselves which is actually pride yeah. to not to act like you don't have needs and in order to give yourself away to other people to hope to get what you really need, which is their love. So love, instead of a, a, an act of selfless sacrifice, becomes a transaction. Yeah. And we talked about the way home for them. Yes, because their thing is consenting to God's love for you, no longer trying to earn it. For them, and that's where solitude comes in. Yeah. To get away. To get to away. To actually see what's going on inside themselves. To get themselves in a place where they can actually not have the press of everyone else's needs mm. around them. So yeah. when they hit that solitude, <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, probably some of the negative stuffs can come up first, but it also allows them to be in a place where mm. they can receive what they really need most. From God. From God. Right. And find that they really are who loved. God says. They're loved. They're his humble child that he delights in for that humility. And they're yeah. free from that place now to go back out of the overflow of God's love and 
serve other people. Yeah. Without expecting anything in return. That's the way home. That is. And then we get to the three. Threes. The virtue is truthfulness slash authenticity. That's what they are meant to be. They are meant to be the most authentic people in the Enneagram. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting because I know a lot of threes and I know <laughs> what they uh, what the unhealthy three lives out of. So it's really yeah. interesting to see that their true self is... Authentic yeah. and real and truthful. Yeah. Yeah. And their holy idea is holy harmony and holy hope. Hmm. Once again, God is their hope for holy harmony, right? They want wholeness and authenticity, and it only comes from God. He's their source. And so I'm sure we'll see that in the practice for them, the spiritual practice that leads them home. We'll get there. But first, what is their basic desire? So their basic desire is to feel valuable. And their basic fear is of being worthless without inherent value. Those strings of fear are plucked by the by the father of lies through a wound. Yeah. Um, threes fall under the attachment type group. So they attach to the energy of the nurturing caregiver and subsequently become capable of self-nurturing. Hmm. Really interesting. Uh, their fixation is vanity. And their passion is deceit. They're performers. They're the ones that are going to make everything look like it's going great. They'll even convince themselves that everything is going great. So it looks like they have everything together. It looks like they have everything together. And that comes because of the fear, right, of being worthless without inherent value. Yeah. So they have to, that's a, a, a sense of, constant sense of fear out of that wound, so they have to make things look good. Yeah. Right? And they don't necessarily have to feel like everything is good. They want everyone else mm-hmm. to believe it. Yeah. Which is really the funny thing that they, that their true self is that authentic, truthful yeah. place. And for them, you know, once again, solitude, a chance to actually look at themselves. And for them, it's engaging God's love again is, is the attitude to go into it with, engaging his heart. Hmm. looking at it, bringing to him all the crap that they've been believing about themselves that they haven't been willing to deal with, and then not sharing it with anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Because that puts them right back into a performance mode. Hmm. Hmm. It's to engage God's heart on a one-on-one personal basis. Yeah, that's really interesting, that they need solitude. They need time to disconnect. They really need... Because pe- people, it's the the reason that they are performing. They're were not performing like an act, but right. achieving. Yeah. If you want someone who will get things done, it's the one and the three are two of the primary numbers that just get things done. The achiever, the three, they get things done. Out of a place of unhealth, it's because they need you to believe that they've got it all yeah. together. But when it's out of a place of health, when they are able to go and separate from people and their need to to achieve in front of people and they go be with God alone and receive his love, then they come back and achieve from a place of rest. Yeah. 
and it, I do think it is really important that it really is needs to be a complete disconnection for a three. Mm. When it comes to the solitude, I, I have a friend who I'm almost 100% sure is a three based on his conversations with me. And um, <laughs> we were just talking the other day, and he was saying how much he was loving his quiet time, but how hard of a time he was having staying mm. off of like social media and stuff while doing it because he gets so excited to share everything that God was sharing with them or someone would interact with something he had already posted and it kind of would blow his quiet time mm. and, and that can be a real struggle for a performer to stay out of that place so it could be the kind of thing where it's like it's really great to have a bible app on your phone but when you're going to that place of stillness and solitude with god if you really feel like you want to have god's word with you take the physical bible leave the phone <laughs> that's a good that's a good thing, because that's solitude. That's because that is solitude. It needs to be a real solitude. Gotcha. Okay, so we have one more. We have one more in the heart triad, which is the four. Um, their virtue is emotional equanimity, or balance. Mm, emotional balance. Where they are meant and, to be. And the four is the one who feels all their feelings, and so that's... That's the the truth of who they are is the emotional balance, yeah. and it is the thing that they uh, that the false self wars against with letting them feel all their emotions and be flooded and inundated by their yeah. emotions. And that's when they believe the lie that whatever they're feeling is who they are. So their holy idea is holy origin and balance. Mm. So the same same principle is that they're meant for wholeness and they're meant for balance. Hmm. in the world. And That's the holy origin is finding out where they came from. Yeah. Like the center of big. it, the source. Origin is source, right? Yeah. It's big for a four to experience themselves fully. At the source of, of their being, which is God. Yeah. He is the holy origin. So for them, their base, so for a four, their basic desire is to be themselves. Hang on one second. And in that holy origin idea, the source for four, what's interesting in that is they also have a tendency to want truthful authenticity, right? And, and they want to be known for who they are. Yeah. And here's the source of that, the creator yeah. who knows them. And that's the fight where the enemy, like everything he puts on top of them is to disconnect them from their source. So their basic desire... To be themselves. Which only comes out of the source, right? Yeah. And so their basic fear is of having no identity or significance. Hmm. And where does that, what is the wound that that fear materializes out of? Uh, so they fall under the frustration types. They are frustrated with the nurturing and protective caregivers that they didn't offer enough. So they compensate by assuming self-protection and self-nurture. A lot of fours are introverted. I can see that. They go in themselves. Yeah, so I have a four for a daughter, youngest daughter. And so you can see I'm the one that didn't offer enough to her, you know, or at least perceived. Yeah, right? well, it's both of you technically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Nurturing yeah. and protecting. But we already covered that. We already, like, this. My wife has the protective caregiver when we talked about the one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> she gets it twice for poor, poor women. It's okay. 
She's probably not going to listen to this. She told me. <laughs> yeah, she'd probably give her hives to hear about this stuff. Um, she's living it out for herself. That's uh, what we talked about going back to the source, right? Yeah. None of us have en- have enough to offer each other. We can contribute as we live out of the overflow, but back to the source. God yeah. is the holy source for all of us, right? And this is where the fours really feel that at the core, but they get twisted if they don't yeah. if they don't find the way home. Yeah, which makes sense because their fixation is melancholy. Mm. And their passion is envy. Everyone else has something that they just haven't quite grasped. They have the sense of that things are missing. Yeah. And from them, and they envy everybody else that they think has it. When the whole time, what God is saying to the four is, you have this emotional balance yeah. at the center of who you are. And from it makes sense that when with them being in this place where they have to get still that their invitation is to rest in the stillness Mm. and allowing that rest to become freedom and seeing their belovedness in the middle of resting in the solitude Mm. with God. What's their their prayer intention? So their prayer intention is resting. Resting. Yes. For his invitation when it comes to them being in solitude is to rest. (laughs) So it's resting in God's love. Okay. Receiving it as the ultimate source. So for them, it's seeing themselves as God's beloved is their invitation and mm-hmm. rest. And we covered the other... We covered the other ones, but we did not cover the prayer type for this. Which is? So, for twos, threes, and fours, those in the heart triad, um, the type of co- contemplative prayer that helps them move forward best in their solitude is the centering prayer which is um, actually my personal favorite, even though it's not the easiest. Why is that? So for as a nine, because I struggle with stillness as well, uh, this was something that I put into practice when I would go out for my walk. I would take um, 15 to 20 minutes, and it's literally you being still and focusing on something that helps you focus on God. They recommend that you sit down in an attentive posture that allows for an erect spine and open heart, Mm. um, placing your hands on your lap. And then you're closing your eye and you're bringing to mind a word, image, a verse, verse, a breath, a symbol, to consent to the presence of action and action of God within you. Mm. Um, So for me, it was the image of his arms being stretched out towards me Mm. uh, was, was kind of the invitation that had been what they call he calls sacred symbol okay and he says pick something because it's intended to be the same picture or image or verse or word every time you pray well that's interesting that he recommends centering prayer being the same thought verse idea symbol Mm -hmm. or whatever all the time because my experience with centering prayer just me personally Hmm has been about variety, like finding in the moment what works, what verse works, what idea works, what symbol works for me, sometimes is different based on what I'm experiencing. And I've had I've had some really powerful moments in centering prayer 
but not always the same. So it's good. It's good to get both perspectives on that. Yeah. And the whole point of it is to ground you in the present moment, allowing you to give your undivided, loving, yielded attention to God. Mm. And then so silently with eyes closed, recall your sacred symbol to begin your prayer. And it says, as you notice your thoughts, gently return to your sacred symbol. So you're keeping whatever it is that you're focusing on at the forefront of your brain while your eyes are closed, focusing on God's presence through that, and then redirecting your mind back to what you're focusing on every time it gets distracted, and Mm. that tends to happen a lot, (laughs) (laughs) especially when you're first starting out with this. Remember, it's practice, or as um, Chris says, and I've heard other people say, remember that this is a thing where when it comes to being anyone who's doing anything contemplative, the invitation is that we're always beginners. So we're always learning. So there's no judgment. It's not about getting it right. It's just practice. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And that's, again, going back to the sports analogy, is the proactive part is always practice, right? Yeah. You practice a lot, so in the moments you can react from what you've learned in the in the proactive moments, right? So, and the great thing about practice is when you're when you're being proactive to practice these these spiritual practices, these disciplines. There's no right or wrong. There's no failing. Just like practice on a field, nobody loses on a field in practice. You can make all the mistakes you want to make, and no one expects anything else. Yeah. So it's the same thing in in this. Yeah, and then he recommends when your prayer period is over, transition slowly back from your prayer practice to your active life. Or as I put it, i.e. don't just jump back into your life. (laughs) But take time to process anything God shows you or you felt, or just take a moment to talk with God before jumping right back into your regular life. And um, he recommends, so you practice centering prayer up to twice a day uh, for about 15 to 20 minutes. Obviously, I actually started off with a shorter time because of my attention span issues, and that was what worked. And it's also recommended that you practice trying this prayer for at least six months before giving up or determining it's not just for you. Wow. Um, Because it is is one that's harder to do, and it can take a while before you start seeing results. Are you saying that we live in a distracting society? that makes it hard to center in on one thought and that and, and the sit. fact that we like instant results both <laughs> of which are a thing true yeah well this has been really good I think we've covered everything we need to cover at least for this show when it comes down to understanding the wounds the fears the desires and the way home back to God and back to their true selves for the following numbers the 2, 3, and the 4 in the Enneagram personality profile i think that will leave us at a good spot to pick this up on the next show where we cover the last three numbers in the head triad the five six and the seven and go through their fears desires and the way home for each of those numbers the prayer intentions the prayer practices all of that i know we said it up at the beginning of the show but i want to reiterate this A lot of this information that we've been talking about comes from Christopher Hurt's book, The Sacred Enneagram. If you want a primer to get started with the Enneagram, The Road Back to You would be a good place to start. It's by Ian Morgan Crone. 
Also, if you're really new to this, a great place to start is the EnneagramInstitute.com. Take the, the test. It costs a little bit of money, but it's well worth it. Or you can just go through their descriptions of each of the nine personality numbers and see which one fits for you, paying attention to the motivators, the fears, and the desires and see which one really connects to you, which one makes sense to you for who you are. Because really, again, when it comes to the Enneagram, this personality profile isn't about what you do. It comes down to why you do what you do. I really think that's all we need to talk about for this show. But before we get going, there's a few things that you might need to know about Life Hurts God Heals. First of all, we would love to hear from you. That's why we have an email address that you can reach us at, which happens to be really easy. LifeHurtsGodHeals2020 at gmail.com. That's LifeHurtsGodHeals2020 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you if you have questions about any of the topics we've covered on the show. If you have questions that go beyond the topics on the show, still we would love to hear from you. If you're looking for advice, if you're looking to connect with a spiritual director, you want to know what spiritual direction is, please reach out. You can also reach us on Facebook, which is really easy to do. It is simply Life Hurts, God Heals. Put that in the search on Facebook, and I'm sure we'll come up. We would love for you to like our page and even follow us. There you can ask your questions. There you can send us messages as well. And of course, we would always welcome your support financially through prayer. So if you're interested in that, please reach out, and we will give you more details. Until next time, may you continually lift your face to God and receive all the love he's given you. From there, reflect it to everyone around you. God bless you, and take care. 